Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. My Robert Lombard's back, and I'm right away, go. We invaded airwaves. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! on the airways right now and we have a lot to get to on tonight's show so i will be holding it down on the solo tip but we have so many important topics to talk about so i will be doing a review of little wayne's the carter five we'll also be talking about kanye and his latest antics as well as his fans because i got a little message for his fans as well and then of course i want to also talk about mashanda the ex-wife of swiss beats who released a new book that's also talking about how to be co-parents and it's gonna be a very interesting topic to get into plus a whole bunch more uh but before we get into all that man you guys already know how i do man you guys already know how i do i got some stuff to get off my chest so to speak so on that note i think it's time to let that ish breathe let this bitch breathe all right so for this particular topic um I had I discussed this last week on my show, just very briefly, and it had to do with the Bill Cosby verdict. So as we all know, he got three to ten years in prison, and basically a lot of people within the black community were split on it. So last week I basically said, like, listen, this guy's going to jail. He committed these acts of crime. He deserves to go to jail, point blank, period. All right? Now, I think it was earlier this week, probably on the Monday, I watched another episode of... State of the Culture, hosted by Joe Budden, and they were discussing this topic, and within the first five minutes, shit got real ignorant by way of Remy Ma, and Remy Ma was basically trying to make a case for Bill Cosby, you know, in terms of his innocence. Now, he didn't say, she didn't say that he was innocent, but based on her verbiage and all these accounts that she was trying to recollect and all these points that she was making... She basically said that he was innocent or doesn't deserve to go to jail in so many words, saying stuff like, oh, how many of those women do you think were real, the ones who, who were accusing him? Like, do you think they're all, they're all like real accounts? Or do you know how woke this guy was back in the 60s, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? And basically, just in general, just defending him, regardless of, oh, okay, Whew. all right, you know what? Let, let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. Basically, she's defending them. That's the best way I could put it. So my thing is this. She's not the only black person defending Bill Cosby. So many pe- black people uh, defend Bill Cosby. So let's get one thing straight. Let's break it down, all right? So a lot of the time, many people, many people in the black community will defend Bill Cosby because of the fact that he was a prominent figure within black entertainment and he broke a lot of barriers for black entertainment, particularly when it comes to television. Now, that is true. What he did for the Cosby show was show white America, middle America, whatever you want to call it, that there are black nuclear families that exist not only in America but all over the world, but primarily focusing on America, of course. So there are black people who have who live in the middle class who have you know an income that isn't fixed or anything like that you have people in that household that make at least over 50,000 you know per year etc cetera, etc cetera, and basically showed off that positive image of a black father a black mother and his kids who all have a healthy relationship with their father and mother he showed that he exuded that and then that spun off into different shows like a different world for example which is directly affiliated with the Cosby show and then it set the groundwork for other sitcoms like uh Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like Family Matters, etc, cetera, etc cetera. the list goes on. I get that and I respect that. But we are not talking about Bill Cosby the comedian, Bill Cosby the actor, Bill Cosby the producer. We are talking about Bill Cosby the person, the person behind Cliff Huxtable. Cliff Huxtable isn't an actual person. Cliff, Cliff Huxtable is the idea of a person, the idea that you can be 
a black man who was also a father and a loving husband and the fact that you can have all those things and still have you know a positive image within society as a black man that is what cliff huxtable brought to the table but cliff huxtable by and large is not a real person he doesn't have a birth certificate he doesn't have a passport a driver's license no dna sample he's not a real person just like t'challa isn't a real person okay Bill Cosby is the man behind Cliff Huxtable. We get that. And we we understand what his entertainment acumen is. But what he did behind the scenes is deplorable. We should not be giving him excuses because of the fact of what he did 20 years ago, 30 years ago for the black community when it comes to television and film. We can't give him that pass when for the same amount of time he was raping women. And then another thing I always hear is, oh, well, Quaaludes was a party drug back in the day. So, you know, that that's those were the times. You no, know, we're in different times now. Listen, Quaaludes being a party drug has nothing to do with the situation. The fact of the matter remains is that he had sex with women who were unconscious, meaning that they didn't have the opportunity to consent to sexual activity. Sure, they could have taken the quaaludes, but if they had taken one too many, then what? They can't say anything. They literally can't say anything at that point. So it's not like they planned to have sex with the man. But he did, and he said so himself in a deposition back in 2005, both written and verbally, stating that he ordered a shipment of quaaludes for the sole purpose to drug women to have sex with them once they fall unconscious. What more do you want from that point? And then, you know, hearing people like Remy say, oh, he probably took a plea deal. Listen, listen. This is an OJ back in 1991, or mid-90s rather, where we didn't have any successful black individual escape, you know, the, the harsh realities of the flawed justice system, all right? It's not like we were rooting, we had to root for a killer, even though we knew he did it, to, to be found not guilty, I get it. It was a big win back in the day, but it's 2018. We have a lot more prominent black people in entertainment or just anywhere in general outside of entertainment besides from a Bill Cosby. He should not be the one that we champion as our savior based on all these things. Now, let's say I think there are like, what, 60 accounts altogether of, of alleged rape. Let's say 60 of them aren't real. Let's say out of 60 of them, it's 30 of them. It's still a multitude of women who are coming out of the warworks, even though they know that the statutes, the statutes of limitations are now over and they can't do anything about it because it becomes a double jeopardy uh, position at that point. They're still coming out and saying, yeah, this guy did this to me. After 40 years, these women have no, they, they, they have nothing to lose at this point. There's, there's nothing they can gain from it. So why would they just come out of nowhere and say, oh, he did it? Why now? Why why not at that peak of his powers? Why are they doing it right now? Obviously, because there's some truth to, to what they're saying. And then, and then this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one right here. You know, the, the reason why they want to put Bill Cosby in jail is because they were threatened at the fact that he had the ability to buy NBC and he had enough money to buy NBC and that if he were to buy NBC, then he would be responsible for the programming on there. And they they didn't want to have any positive black programming on the major network because the white man wants to keep him down. <sighs> Listen, I said this last week. I'm going to say this again right now. Bill Cosby can have the right amount of money to buy NBC. He could have double that, triple that, quadruple that. He could buy NBC 10 times over. But the fact of the matter remains, NBC is not necessarily owned by one person per se. That one person who is the CEO or the chairman has to order, or sorry, has to answer to a board of directors who all have to unanimously agree on the selling and purchase of NBC. So he can have all that money stashed in the bank for a rainy day, but until they say, yes, we will agree to sell it to you, they don't have to do shit. If somebody offered you $50,000 for your car, are you going to say yes? Does that mean you have to say yes? 
Obviously not. You can say, no, it's not for sale. Same thing for your house. If somebody rolls up and has $900,000 ready to give to you for your little uh, brownstone in the middle of downtown Toronto, do you have to say yes? No, you don't have to. You can say, no, it's not for sale. And the same thing for NBC. I don't care how many times they offer uh, Bill Cosby offers it to them. He could, the NBC can still say, no, it's not for sale. It's not like a Donald Sterling situation where the NBA forced Donald Sterling to sell the, uh, to sell the, the Los Angeles Clippers because of the whole ra- racism allegations. That was uh, basically somewhat of a, you could say, a hostile takeover. But at the end of the day, they were forced, or sorry, rather, Donald Sterling was forced to sell them because of what had happened with that whole racism um, fiasco. But this is not that. This is a completely different scenario where Bill Cosby, and we don't even know this to be fact. This is all hearsay. No one has come out and publicly stated and proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that Bill Cosby has the money, or had the money rather, to purchase NBC. And even if he did have the money to do so, you still need the board of directors at NBC to agree on a buyout. So all this talk about, you know, the white man want to keep him down. Listen, bullshit. All right, stop caping for a man who sexually assaulted and raped women. Yes, I get it. He's a black man, but that doesn't absolve him or exonerate him for any of the actions that he did from the '60s up until now. I don't care how woke you claim this guy to be. There are pastors in churches who hustle their congregations on a weekly basis, telling them to offer up their tithings to, to, the better, to the betterment of the Lord in this church. Meanwhile, you see the pastor driving off in an Aston Martin or a Maserati, but he's doing the Lord's work? But he's woke though, right? He's woke. Same with these pastors in, the, in, these, in these Roman Catholic churches who are touching up on little boys because they, they, they swore an oath not to, not to consummate with women. But here they are touching little boys, but we don't say shit because they're woke. They're more in tune than, than we are with a higher power or with anything else that may not concern us. So are we to use that same logic and apply it to Bill Cosby all because he made some good TV shows? Come on, man. I'm sorry, man, but some of y'all black people need to wake the fuck up, man. Wake the fuck up. Pardon my French, but I'm so sick and tired when black people, not all black people, of course, but some black people have to succumb to the bare minimum and say, oh, well, let's give him a chance, guys. He's the only ones that we got. No, 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 no. If anything, I feel like Bill Cosby got off easy. Three to ten years, that is soft, okay? That is soft. And I get it. The justice system is flawed as hell. Like, there's... Teenage college boys getting jailed for six months for raping a girl behind a dumpster. And I get it. It is a flawed-ass system. But we are not about to use Bill Cosby as the poster child as an example of said flawed system. And people are still waiting. And people are are saying stuff like, well, what about Harvey Weinstein? He hasn't got charged. Listen, his time will come. The accounts have come out already. This guy's under hot fire. He's... Preparing to sell the Weinstein Company, basically. And that's a big-ass production company. And once he sells that off, I'm sure the proper arraignments will be made in order for him to be incarcerated for all the crimes that he's committed based on all the testimony that we've been hearing within the past year. So let's not compare situation to situation. We know the justice system is flawed, but that does not give some of you guys the excuse to champion this guy as a hero no matter how woke this guy was in whatever era. And if the man, if the man was really out to get Bill Cosby, wouldn't he have done it, or wouldn't they have done it while Bill Cosby was at the height of his powers? Why do it now, at eighty or ninety years old, however old he is, when he's relatively culturally irrelevant? Why not do it in nineteen eighty eight, nineteen ninety two, when he still had some cachet? Made hell, even the earlier 2000s when he was on NBC and CNN and all these other news outlets telling black people to pull their pants up and to stop living poorly and all this other shit. Denigrating the black people. Denigrating the same people who are defending him. He was denigrating you for the longest time. And now you want to give him sympathy? Because it's now proven that he sexually assaulted multiple women from the 60s up until now? But that's the same guy who was dissing you you want to defend. Are you serious? I don't know. I'm done. I'm done. Listen, Bill Cosby deserves to go to jail. I'm surprised he didn't get a much lengthier sentence. I believe he should have. But, hey, 
He got jail time. That's the important thing. I hope he does the full 10 years, to be honest, because you can't be doing that stuff. That's disgusting. Especially when you point, when you when you judge and denigrate your own community. It's not, even, not, it's not even the fact that he didn't even do it behind closed doors. He did it on national platforms for everyone to see. So that these white Republicans, can, rep, white Republicans can look at him and be like, oh, see, look at this black guy. He gets it. He gets what we're talking about. I'm surprised... During this whole entire time, he wasn't even like a correspondent on Fox News. But hey, that's whatever. The point is this. Stop defending Bill. He raped women. He sexually assaulted women. 60 women, over 60 women came out the woodworks and said, this man sexually assaulted me. How many of them are true? We don't know. But the fact that 60 women of all people came out and said that about him, about Bill Cosby, about a guy who has been relevant for at least 20 years now. But you guys want to defend him. The fuck out of here. You guys are you guys are mental. Some of you guys are mental for still wanting to defend this guy and for still believing that there's some truth to, to him not raping women back in the day. Get out of here. Listen, I went a little bit over my time on this particular subject, but I just had to get it out there. But either way, do you guys agree? Do you disagree? Let me know. Hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, I'm going to give you guys my review of the Carter 5 from Little Wayne. Uh, so keep it locked. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. <clears throat> now, um, before we went to the commercial break, I was discussing the whole uh, Cosby scenario and how there are some people in the black community who still choose to defend them regardless of, you know, the circumstances that, that befall him, basically, and, and all that. And not going to lie, DM kind of lost his cool on that, but, hey, I had to get it out there. So hopefully, if you're just tuning in right now, I'll have that up on SoundCloud on Sunday. I'll cut up the video for that as well on YouTube very shortly as well. But, yeah, um, either way, if you were tuning in uh, during that time, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Now, let's get into a music review, okay? Now, I don't really do a whole lot of these too often, but... In this scenario, I had to. Now, first of all, I got to shout out to the good folks at liveatthesix.com. It's a blog that I've been partnering up with the, with the last few months now. And basically, they have a lot of good content. So when it comes to lifestyle, travel, fashion, they got it all covered. And, you know, I'm partnering up with them and we're kind of combining our content together and what have you. So make sure you go check some of my postings on their site as well as um, the other things that they post on their site, such as the fashion and lifestyle and what have you. Make sure you go check them out at liveatthesix.com. They got a lot of good content. I promise you on that. Um, so with that being said, let's get into this review, man. We're talking about Little Wayne's The Carter Five. So... A quick background story on this album because it's a long time in the making. Basically, it's his first album in over five years, and this guy had this project shelved for the longest time because Birdman, CEO of Cash Money Records, decided that Wayne wasn't ready to put this record out yet. I don't know why. Not sure what happened in those boardroom meetings and what have you, but basically he said, Wode, nah, man, you ain't putting this out. <laughs> but basically, he was shelved on there, and he was basically in record label purgatory. And then came the lawsuit that was filed by Lil Wayne and his attorneys. And you're thinking to yourself, hold on, Lil Wayne is suing Birdman? Like, what happened to, like, father, like, son? And not to sound clairvoyant or anything like that, but to be honest, anyone could have seen this coming because cash money for the last 20 years has been such an unstable yet somehow relevant record label during that entire uh, time span. And the changeover rate on that label is maddening. Because you've had so many successful artists on that label leave. And it's one thing when some of your earlier acts like Turk and BG, they get incarcerated. But then you have somebody like Juvenile, who was like your first flagship artist, who pretty much catapulted you guys, who left the label, came back, but then left again. That's flag number one. And then for me personally, the flag came up when Manny Fresh left in the mid-2000s. That's when I was like, okay, something's happening here. And then Lil Wayne himself almost left during that same time span. But then Birdman basically said, yo, if you stay on the label, I will get you your own label as well on top of recording your, your own hits, which is how Young Money came about. And then from the rest, from there on, the rest is history. He did a whole dedication mixtape series during that time. Later 2000s, he put up the Carter 4. Pardon me, Carter 3. 
Carter Three. Put up the Carter Three in the in the 2008. That's easily his best album and his most successfully successful album as well from a commercial standpoint. But then from there, let's be honest, guys, Little Wayne fan or not. After the Carter Three, this dude fell off creatively. He was still selling units. He was still getting those numbers in. But creatively, somebody hit him in the head with a brick, and this guy did not know how to rhyme anymore. His rhyme patterns became super lazy, super redundant. This guy was a shell of his former self. And that brings us to where we are right now with the Carter Five. Now, personally... I wasn't really looking forward to this album. I knew it was coming out sooner or later. I forgot that it was coming out on that particular day. But I said, okay, cool. I'll wait till the hype dies down, and then I'll give it a listen. So I gave it a listen. I gave it two listens, in fact. And to be honest, it was better than I expected. It's not an amazing album. It's a little of what I expected, but it's a bit better, though. So what I was what I was personally expecting was... For the most part, his lyrical ability to be very redundant when it comes to certain punchlines or metaphors that he's using. But even though there were moments of that, there are times where he sounded very hungry, sounded very enthusiastic. It sounded like he had a, a renewed passion for what he loves most, which is rapping, of course. And I was like, okay, this is not bad. It's not this is not terrible. Because I was expecting terrible. I'll be honest. I, I was expecting terrible. It's not bad. It's not amazing. But at the same time, you know, Weezy can go on right now. He can kind of go on. Let's let's be honest. So for me, one of the things that stood out about this album um, was the fact that he had a proper use of collaborations on this project. So before I continue on, this is a deep project. Like when I say deep, I mean deep in terms of how many songs were on there. There was 23 songs on there. Okay, so that's a lot of records. That's about an hour and a half of, of music for you. And out of the 23 songs, or 23 tracks, I should say, pardon me, there were about eight features. And for me, features, I don't mind features as long as they work. If they work, I'm good with it. Don't have features on your album just for the sake of having features. Otherwise, it's basically a mixtape or it's like a collaborative album at that point. I'm kind of picky when it comes to that. Uh, but basically... He made good use of his of his features. So he had one feature with Snoop Dogg called uh, Dope Niggas, which I really liked because it had a funky vibe to it. And the beat kind of switched up a little bit um, to the tune of Erica Badu's Bag Lady, like that same tempo. And they, they basically just took a sample of that and re-looped it. And they had Snoop Dogg rap on that part because it matches Snoop's, uh, Snoop's sound, essentially. So they made very good use of that. Um, on top of that, they also had, he had all he also had a feature featuring Ashanti and Mac Main and it was called Start This Shit Off Right. And maybe it was the nostalgia in me, but the fact that you had Ashanti on that record and the the production of it had a very early two thousands murder ink feel to it, it, it spoke to me because I'll be completely honest, in my in my preteens or early teen years, I was a fan of Murder Inc., as was a lot of people before 50 Cent came into the room. But it gave me that 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 middle school to high school feeling of, yeah, it's murder. Like it gave me that feeling. So I really like the fact that he had Ashanti on the record. And we haven't heard Ashanti in quite some time. We've seen Ashanti. And boy, oh boy, does that woman look fine as hell. My goodness. Whew, there, there's something about, and this is gonna be a total aside topic right here. But there's something about certain women where, and maybe it's because of you yourself. You may have matured over the years as far as what you're looking for, as far as aesthetics and what have you. But I feel like when it comes to Ashanti, she got better with age, and she was already amazing, you know, in her 20s. But in her 30s, she looks amazing. What is she like, 36, 37? I don't know how old she is right now. But she looks amazing. But anyways, we'll leave that for another broadcast. Um, but yeah, she did a really good job on that on that record. And for me, I don't know about anyone else, you know, speaking to the theme of uh, collaborations and proper use of them, the best collaboration record, and easily for me, the best record overall on this album was Mona Lisa featuring Kendrick Lamar. Holy cow, that record was flames. Like, Lil Wayne did a good job because he knew that he was going to be in the booth with Kendrick, and he already knows what Kendrick's resume is by now. So for Wheezy to break out some of those punchlines and those metaphors and sticking to the theme of the actual song, 
I really appreciate it because when it comes to me, I'm I'm all about storytelling. I'm all about content and how you mesh the two together and how you stick consistently with said theme in that song. So basically, Mona Lisa is about a setup where him and Kendrick, or I guess with him in particular, he has a woman where he basically collaborates with to set up other guys so that they can rob him and stuff like that, which I thought was really telling. I really like that that plot angle because it kind of reminds me of some of the stories that Jay and Nas used to do back in the 90s with the whole mafioso thing. And he really went into depth about how he's going to set it up, set up this particular person with the woman that he has in mind and what have you, just going into full detail with it, using a lot of metaphors that kind of coincide with the whole Mona Lisa vibe to it. And what I liked about it is the fact that Mona Lisa, the song as a whole was a double entendre. Mona Lisa is, as we all know, a very famous painting. And in storytelling, you use the phrase painting a picture. So someone who can tell you the story, you are visualizing it in your mind and you're mentally painting a picture in your head as to what that person is saying. You're putting it all together visually in your head. So that's one thing. And two, Mona Lisa, the actual painting itself, was is still to this day one of the most captivating, captivating and alluring appearances of a woman in modern day history. And, of course, this story in particular has to, has to deal with a woman who is captivating and provocative and whatever you want to call it. So she is like the Mona Lisa. She is the muse to Little Wayne's plot, essentially. So I really like that aspect. Like, like, like me personally, I really love it when rappers go in depth with the song title and they use it as part of the entire song altogether, not just because it's catchy, but there's a hidden meaning and agenda behind it. So I really appreciate that Wayne went that route because I don't really get that from Wayne often. So I appreciate that he did that, and I appreciate that he did that well. And then Kendrick Lamar, on the flip side, he was the guy that was being played. So he kind of <laughs> – it's funny because – in the, the halfway through the verse, the second half, that's when you when you when you when you see that and you hear that with what he's saying, and then there's a one particular one particular section within this verse where he would break up each stanza with a sniffling noise, like like he would say something and be like, as if to say you know he's making his his, his explanation, but he's so caught up in, in his emotions that he's crying while he's doing it, and we've had that happen to ourselves before in a very dire situation. So I appreciate that. Kendrick went really went into character in that particular juncture. So overall, it was a well done, well put together record. I really loved it. That was my favorite, my favorite part of the album. Um, and then overall, the production for the most part, it was solid production. I really liked it. Now, what didn't work for me on this album was the fact that it was so long. Like I said before, twenty three songs comes out to about an hour and twenty eight minutes in length. It was too long. It was like it was to the point where I it took me two days to listen to this record. I'm not even trying to say that to brag or boast or whatever or be extra, but it took me two days to split this up and to listen to it into different parts, basically. So that it kind of took me out of the vibe in that regard. Um, on top of that, some of his subject matter and some of his punchlines and, and use of wordplay was a little derivative. It reminded me of the wheezy that was not only falling off, but sometimes the wheezy that people kind of let slip and slide like he he would always make um the same blood references the same kind of lingus references and it just got a little too derivative for me at that point like we've heard you rap about your blood affiliation which is still kind of in the question right now in my personal opinion at least and we've also continued to hear you talk about how you love to go down on women listen i get it i'm sure it's a beautiful experience i encourage all men to do so because, you know, it's a proper thing to do. But at the end of the day, we get it already. We get it. You'd like to go downtown. Stop reminding us. And stop painting a picture in our head about how you like to do it. I don't – I've heard that from you before. Please stop, okay? Um, and then – and I'm going to sound like a jerk for, for when I say this. But I wasn't a fan of his mom's interludes in between almost every other song of the album. I felt I felt like it was a bit too much. And yeah, I get it. It was kind of like somewhat of like a biopic or like a documentary from his mother's perspective and I and I respect that, but for me it just didn't work. It just didn't work. I felt like it was a break in the in the in the in the music. And like to me, when you have to do that, 
throughout your entire project like four or five times, with the exception of the good kid in that city, mind you, I feel like that's when you know your project is too long. When you have 23 songs on an album and you gotta use a particular interlude or a concept of an interlude after every five songs, for example, that's when you know it's it's too long. It's too long, in my opinion. So for me, it didn't work. Uh, but overall, I like the album. It was decent. It was cool. Would I see myself replaying it over and over again? Personally, I wouldn't because I'm not a heavy little Wayne fan. I'll listen to him if I'm recommended to. But for the most part, I kind of fell off a little Wayne after the Carter 3. From then on, I didn't really see what all the appeal and all the hype was about anymore. Because to me, the Carter 3 was his peak. And after that, he kind of fluttered and he got a bit redundant for me. So there are some songs that I, w- that I would listen to on a multiple basis. Um, but as the album as a whole, again, it's too long. It's way, way too long. So if I were to grade this album, I would say out of five cool points, I'd probably give it three and a half. Maybe a 3.75, but for now, after my two listens, pardon me, I would give it a solid three and a half. So three and a half cool points out of five. That's what I would give it. What do you guys think? Would you guys give it a full five out of five? Did you guys like it? Did you hate it? Is it all right? Either way, let me know. Hit me up on social media at CC and share your thoughts. Coming up after the commercial break, we got Trip Talk. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Uh, yes, yes, yo, welcome back to the show <clears throat> Once again, it's your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio And that was the latest record from Anderson Pack Featuring Kendrick Lamar Called Tints, like Tinted Windows Tints uh, I know what some of y'all were thinking, get your minds out the gutter <laughs> uh, But no, nah, no, nah, that was their, their latest record It just came out today, actually And I love that record I'm in love with that record So I will be playing that on a multitude of occasions Best believe that But nonetheless, Let's get into Trip Talk right now. So that's three of the hottest topics that took place in uh, social media and just media in general and pop culture and all that good stuff. Um, we're going to get to – this one's more like two topics. It's technically three, but topics two and three kind of bleed into each other. So we can, we'll just combine that as one topic. So with that said, let's get into it. The first one is by way of former singer and current author Mashonda. Now, that name may sound familiar to a few of you guys. Mashonda – outside of being a recording artist, was also the uh, the wife, the former wife of famed producer Swiss Beats, okay? Now, she just put out a book recently uh, that basically talks about co-parenting and how to manage a co-parenting scenario when both you and your former partner have a child together. And this is very telling because of the fact that Swizz and Mashonda had a child together in their previous marriage, but then, as we all know by now, their marriage ended, and a lot of people blame Alicia Keys for being the one who ended it because of the fact that once uh, Mashonda and Swizzy were separated, uh, Swizzy and Alicia soon started dating, and then soon after the divorce was finalized legally, that's when um, Swizzy and Alicia got engaged. So it looks a little sticky. Now... Alicia did play her part in that, but I'm kind of surprised that Swizzy doesn't get any kind of blame for that either. Like, he gets, like, a little bit of the blame, but Alicia looks like the usurper, the homeworker, whatever you want to call it, the adulteress. But Swizzy kind of did his part as well. Now, it's we don't know if there was actual cheating because, again, um, the whole situation was she came in. After they had separated and they started talking. But we didn't know. We don't know if they were talking while uh, Swizzy and Mashonda were still actually together. Not just legally, but actually just still together. We don't know if Alicia kind of came in there or Swizzy was talking to her on the side or whatever. We don't know that. We really don't know that. But pretty much Alicia is made to be the homewrecker in that whole entire scenario. But anyways, you know, moving that aside, she came out with the book, um, I think, Yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and basically was talking about how important it is to be a co-parent to the child that you have in the previous relationship because 
if there's still you know hostility and there's still somewhat of a toxic environment that it could affect the child and she was going to her personal accounts where her son that she has with squizzy was doing bad in school like his grades were failing and he wasn't being as social with some of his classmates or what have you so she noticed that that whole entire ordeal was taking a toll on him so she decided hey it's time that I mend this fence with Swizzy and, well, I don't know if she called him Swizzy, but with Swizzy and Alicia Keys and what have you. And so that's what she did. And not only that, but she now partnered up with Alicia Keys to help promote this book as well. So to that, I say kudos to her and kudos to everyone involved because, you know, something like that can, can uh, linger in someone's heart for a long time. And I'm sure Mishanda is of the vein where, she may forgive, but she'll never forget. Now, how she chooses not to forget is entirely up to her. Maybe the manifestation of this book is how she did not forget about that whole entire ordeal. But at the very least, from what we see, she is turning that into a positive. So I do commend her on that because something like that, somebody can hold dear to their heart for a very long time and can never let it go. And I can empathize with that because if somebody screws you over or you feel like you've been screwed over, then yeah, you're going to hang on to that for a while. It's almost human nature to do something like that. So I do give her credit for kind of mending that fence or, or building that, building that olive branch, so to speak, and to combine her efforts and their efforts for a greater good, which is their children, the, the next generation to help, uh, be a pillar of strength for them. So kudos to her on that. Not mad at that. But what do you guys think? Was that the right move for her to do? Do you guys agree with that move? Do you disagree with it? Either way, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Now, let's get into some more Kanye stuff, okay? Now, I try to avoid the Kanye stuff because I feel like it's redundant at this point. He's being a poppy show. He's trying to get attention from all of us for or from anyone who will listen. But this was all over media, you know, because it's Kanye, and I figure, hey, I do you guys, I, sh- I do you guys a service by reporting and discussing what's happening within pop culture and what have you. So let's just get into it. All right, let's just get into it. I'm not surprised by these antics anymore, but again, we got to talk about it. So let's do it. So basically, Kanye was on SNL Saturday Night Live last Saturday, and he was the musical guest. So as a musical guest, you're normally given two slots. To perform, and then you might give like you might be given a slot or two to be in one of the sketches. Basically, in this scenario, he was part of three uh, performance slots. I don't know how many skits he performed. Uh, he uh, took part in, but nonetheless, he had three of those slots. And one of those performance slots, he used to rant about how certain people backstage tried to prevent him from coming on stage with the with the MAGA hat. And so when I heard the MAGA hat, I'm like, wait, hold on. Isn't this from back in June? And then someone was like, no, no, no. They, he, he brought the MAGA hat on stage on Saturday Night Live. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. And so he went on this long-winded rant, as usual, talking about how people are trying to stifle his growth and how they're trying to prevent him from uh, using his freedom of speech because they won't let him – they won't they, they they'll get mad at him for talking about make America great again and and all this stuff and it went on for a very long time apparently to the point where there are some people on stage like some of the actors who wanted to leave the stage but when it comes to Saturday Night Live they don't leave the stage until after 1 a.m. Eastern time so they usually stay on stage you know for the credits to roll they're you know clapping and hugging up each other for a very successful show that for that particular night but it was a very somber moment because of the fact that Kanye was talking about himself so essentially he hijacked the show and made it about himself now I'm not I'm not gonna say I I can't I can't absolve any blame for Saturday Night Live because they've had Kanye on the show before they know what he's about right now so they knew that there's at the very least a possibility of something like this happening so I can't say oh what was them no you knew what you're doing but nonetheless I digress let's get into the Kanye real quick so one of the things I pointed out that he stated was how he felt like his freedom of speech was compromised because people don't agree with him and his stance on Donald Trump. Here's the thing about freedom of speech. You have the freedom to say whatever you want. You have the freedom to actually vocalize your thoughts. That's what freedom of speech literally means. 
the right to say whatever the hell you want. So if some redneck on his Chevy pickup truck with the Confederate flag wants to scream out, nigger, 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 as an American, it's within his constitutional right to say that because he is exercising that right to actually physically vocalize that. But the backlash that you get from a statement like that is something that the Constitution does not, I repeat, does not protect you from. So if you're going to scream out, nigger, 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 then be prepared to face the consequences of such actions. That is why people get fired from jobs when they say something that's very anti-Semitical, they say something that's very anti-gay, uh, very anti, anti-black, anti-whatever. If it's something that doesn't correlate to the code of conduct and ethics, then you will get fired. This is the reason why Donald Sterling got fired, uh, or not fired, but basically had to relinquish his control of the L.A. Clippers and basically banned from the NBA because of his comments that he made in regards to black people that was caught on tape. And going back to Kanye, yeah, you can say MAGA, make America great again, and all that stuff. But you are not going to be free from the backlash that comes with that. That the the like freedom of speech doesn't protect you from that, and you, and that is something that he does not understand. So even the comments that I make about Kanye, I'm sure people will argue about with me till the day that I die. But at the end of the day, I'm not free from their opinions. They have the right to express their opinion towards me because that is what freedom of speech is all about. So you can't piss and complain that freedom of speech does not work for you and your own narrative because somebody has an opinion about what you're saying and it doesn't exactly jive with what your overall thought process is. So you're not the only one who gets to have a voice in all this, Kanye. And I feel like he does not understand that. And I think what he's saying right now is very detrimental to the black community in America, especially when he's talking about abolishing the 13th Amendment. And I don't think he knows what the 13th Amendment is. In America, the 13th Amendment is the abolishment of slavery. It basically prosecutes anyone who tries to enact slavery laws. Now, mind you, slavery is still intact when it comes to the industrial prison complex because they're systematically broken down. They are not given the resources to be properly rehabilitated. They're basically forced to do manual labor in those prison facilities. And because they're not given the proper usage of funding to actually rehabilitate themselves to make themselves more applicable in the in the outside world once they're released, they find themselves committing crimes again and getting thrown back into jail. And all this is nothing more than a money loom that goes around and around for all the people who are owners and investors in the industrial prison pipeline complex system. That is a form of systemic racism. It is very systematic in the approach and in the methodical breakdown of it all. And the 13th Amendment needs to be practiced in the jail, in the jail system for sure, but Kanye, because he's getting his facts mixed up, is saying how the 13th Amendment should be abolished altogether. And then he goes on and says that America will have its own factories and build its own things and stuff like that. But again, he's saying all this, yet half the clothes that he wears are probably from Eastern and Western Europe. He brags about Louis Vuitton. He brags about Givenchy and all these European fashion. He calls himself the Louis Vuitton Don, for God's sakes. Your shoes, your Yeezys, they're probably made in China. So what are you talking about factories being built here and stuff like that? Like, this is why I don't subscribe to the Kanye channel anymore because he contradicts himself profusely, habitually. This is why I call him Contradiction West. And whatever he's selling, I can't buy anymore. Like, I jumped off... I jumped off the Kanye train a long time ago, and I'm so glad he did because right now I'm on the coast of the beach, and I'm watching his ship sink. And what I don't like is the fact that he still has delusional fans out there, probably from the early 2000s or mid, mid to late 2000s days, who are still hoping and wishing upon the star that he'll put out classic material. Some of them will even go as far as to say that the material that he's put out between 2013 up until now is just as good as what he put out from 2004 to 2010. And for all you people who say that, all I have to say is this. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh my god, stop fucking lying.
Honestly, lies make baby Jesus cry. So stop lying. You're you're kidding yourself. If you think that Kanye will give you that same music, or better yet, is giving you that same level of music that he was giving you back in 04 to up until 010. <laughs> wow, no, no. You are drinking the Kanye juice right now heavy if that's what you're thinking. And at least back in those days when he was somewhat controversial with some of the rhetoric that he was saying or doing, whether it was saying how George Bush don't care about black people or upstaging Taylor Swift on the uh, MMVA stage or MTV Video Music Awards stage and saying how Beyonce had the greatest video of all time, at least you could still say from the music standpoint that he puts out good music. You can't even say that anymore. So what now? Why are you guys still riding for his coattails at this point? Oh, well, Kanye doesn't know how to articulate himself. You don't know that. Or, uh, or you know, he's going through mental health right now. Like, all you guys are doing is making excuses to explain his idiocy. And you're not helping. If anything, you're enabling him to say to, to continue to say stupidity. And at the end of the day, he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care. So why are you still caping for the man? Oh, I, I, listen. It's okay to jump off the boat. You can still say that you love his music from 2004 up until 2010, because I do. I love College Dropout. I love Late Registration. Graduation, personally, is my favorite Kanye album. 808s and Heartbreaks was a creative, ambitious effort, and it's still maybe not as good as those, those first three, but still a relatively solid album. And then My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, oh my God, production-wise, musically speaking, his best album. But after that, he tapped out. So let's call a spade a spade. He contradicts himself heavily. He doesn't know anything about politics at all. He's doing this as a way to continue to make himself relevant, but he doesn't need to because he's still a household name regardless. And most importantly, in comparison to what he put out in that in the majority of that of that 2000s decade, his music now is trash. It's trash. It is trash. And if this microphone didn't all of a sudden eject up as I let it go, I'd be clapping my hands and saying that with each syllable. It is trash. Do you agree? Do you disagree? A lot of you disagree, and that's okay. And if you do disagree, and if you agree as well, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and at me all you want because I love dialogue. And with that said, it's time to get to the final topic, <clears throat> the final segment, rather, of, of the show. With that being said, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the wankster of the week. Now, this week's wankster of the week goes to none other than famed Hollywood actress, Bette Midler, who is in such films as Hocus Pocus, and I can't think of the other ones, but Hocus Pocus was probably the most popular one from your childhood, but nonetheless, oh, and she was in an episode of The Simpsons as well, if that means anything. But anyways, she was given the wankster of the week because she made a tweet earlier today basically stating that women are the new N-words, as she would put it. Now... This came by way of a tweet. I don't, I don't know where or what inspired her to say this, but I saw a Facebook user post this, and I said, oh, let me check this out. So here is what Bette Midler said, and I quote, women are the N-word of the world. She literally said N-word. So I, I guess kudos for not saying nigger, maybe? Anyways, let me continue. Um, women are the N-word of the world. Raped, beaten, enslaved, married off, worked like dumb animals, denied education and inheritance, enduring the pain and danger of childbirth and life in silence for thousands of years. They are the most disrespected creatures on earth. And so she decided to do a little uh, damage control because she probably re realized that Things wouldn't go over so well if she were to just leave it right there and then. So she continues on to say, and I quote, 
I gather I have offended many by my last tweet. Women are the etc. Is a quote from Yoko Ono from 1972, which I never forgot. It rang true then, and it rings true today, whether you like her or not. This is not about race. This is about the status of women, their history. Oh, white privilege and white feminism. You gotta love it. Okay. So let's break this down real quick, all right? Let's break this shit down so it can forever be broken. So first and foremost, you basically state that women are the new N-word as if N-words or black people who are often often referred to as such without having to use the word are now out of style and that we've now been exonerated from all that racial prejudice as if that's already over and that and that this new found disrespect for women has taken over um no it's still bad on on both ends for black people and for women as well so you don't need to make your case to supplant oh to, to, to supplant another one so you messed up on that front and then secondly she goes on to say such rhetoric as well yoko ono said it back in 1972 so what so that means that it's true? So that means that because Yoko Ono, a woman who isn't even black to begin with, like, that makes it true? That makes it valid for you to say that? And the fact that it was said in 1972 shows you that people were still tone deaf as a motherfucker back in those days. So that's where you messed up on. And then also... She went, she went on to say this as her final point. It rang true then and it rings true today, whether you like it or not. This is not about race. This is about history, the status of women, their history. So basically you saying whether you like it or not, that's basically your way of saying I don't apologize for my ignorant statements. And then you said that this is not about race. This is about women and their history. If this is not about race, then why the fuck would you say that women are the new niggers? Honestly. If this wasn't about race, then why would you even make that point in the first place? You could have said, women are the new this, women are the new that, or women are just this. If it wasn't about race, then why would you use that reference? Listen, some white people need to keep their privilege in check. And when it comes to some of these white feminists, these white Republican feminists, they need to shut the hell up forever. Listen, I loved you when you were that ugly ass wish and hocus pocus. You were cute with with the with the with the overbite looking like a, a Bugs Bunny on crack. I thought you were dope in that. I thought you were good as that person that you're duetting with in Krusty when he was about to lose his comedy special. I thought that was great. I thought you staying away from the limelight was amazing. You didn't have to say shit. But now you just ruined my childhood. Now I'm just going to remember you as the woman who quoted, who quoted an Asian lady for a reference about black people. But then again, it's not about race. And you know what I love about these racial tirades from, from all these like white celebrities? Not all of them, but some of them. The ones who claim to be holier than thou and all that stuff. It's funny when they make a, they'll make a racial statement like this, but then they'll say one or two things. They'll either say, this is not about race, or they'll ask the, the, uh, the uh, rhetorical question, why does it always have to be about race? And they say that because they realize that when they made that statement that had a racial connotation to it, they realized at that point that they fucked up. And with that being said, Bette Midler, you get the wankster of the week. And right now, if I had to say, you're probably in my top 10 for the year. With that said, do you deserve this wankster? Of course. And I'm going to drop it on you one more time, just like this. Cool cats and cool kittens. I want to thank y'all for tuning in as you normally do on a weekly basis. As always, you can catch me on, on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC. Or as many as possible, rather. I will post this episode up on the following Sunday, so make sure you keep it locked for that. And some video clips will be going up shortly as well. Other than that, you guys already know. Cool click Pardon me, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace.